pray as we turn to reflect on God's word, read and reflect on God's word. Lord, thank you for this book of First Peter that I'm finding is such deep, deep well of truth. Lord, help me, help us to listen to your voice as you speak through your word. And as you speak to us day in and day out through our circumstances, Lord, give us that attitude that is accepting of what you say about us and about the way forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week I spoke of how Peter prepares his people to act and behave in a way that would see them through all the trying times that they were facing. I spoke metaphorically of Peter building a tower. It's a tower that can stand despite attack by enemies and despite the ravages of unpredictable circumstances. A strong tower needs a strong foundation, we said. And the foundation of Peter's metaphorical tower is the first part of his letter. The foundation is made up, according to Peter, of the facts about the character of God and all God's actions in the past, the present, and into the future. But this foundation is made up especially of God's character that is displayed by what he did in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. The second stage of the tower is built on that first foundation, and it's the principles for action in the time of trial. And I said there were four of these principles. We looked at one last week, and they're found in chapter 1, verses 13, all the way through chapter 2, verses 3, that Francis is going to read for us in a moment. These principles are with minds that are girded up. We talked about girding up our minds last week. Alert and fully sober, set your hope on grace. And the second one is the one we're looking at this morning. Be holy, just as the one who calls you is holy. The third is love one another deeply from the heart. And four, crave that which will make you grow up into your salvation. Now, I like the idea of this tower. As I said before, I'm a visual learner. I like images to help me understand things. And I spent a lot of time over this last week thinking about this tower. It's not an idea that's explicit in the letter of Peter, but it is implied, I believe. And these three stages of this tower are a clear pattern that we see not only in Peter, but throughout all of the New Testament letters. Let's think a little bit more about this tower analogy. 
And let's imagine that we are prehistoric Scotsmen and Scotswomen. And we're under threat from weather. Well, even modern Scots are under threat from weather. We're under threat from wild beasts and enemies, maybe Vikings coming across the sea. Archaeologists tell us that is why the prehistoric Scots men and women built brocks. Am I pronouncing that right? No. <laughs> brocks. Have you seen these? They're there are thousands of them scattered around Scotland. These were amazing feats of technology. And I imagine that on top of a good foundation, okay, top of a good foundation, you would take care next to build a really solid initial story to hold the rest of the building up. And once you've got these two stages of construction done, you can begin to work inside as you are safe and you can start to build up. In Peter's tower, the foundation is given by God. The second tier, too, is given by God. But that tier is engaged with or stood on or stood in by being obedient. Peter tells us that in verse 14. Okay, so imagine yourself. You're a master craftsman, or you're even an apprentice. And you're inside this first story of the tower. You're ready to build your way up. And here are the first four principles you're going to use in your building you're ready to do some hard graft, like we spoke of last week. You bear in mind who called you and the purpose to which you were called. So you strive to be holy, which is the second principle. Holy, like the Father who calls you, is holy. You also realize that you're not building on your own. You're not alone. You work together. God has given you a family to work together with. God's given you fellow workers on whom you can rely and who can rely on you. Hence that third principle, love each other deeply from the heart. And finally, you bear in mind that even the hardest stuff that you have to do in this building project has the possibility of making you a better builder and a better person in the end. And so you crave those things that will help you grow in your spirit. You don't begrudge them. You crave them, according to Peter. You appreciate them for what they can do for you in the long run. That's the fourth principle. That's a bit of an overview of what I see happening in this letter. And I hope it helps you to hold all of this together as we move forward. Francis is going to read for us a portion of the third section of the letter, these principles for us to hear once again. Francis, please. Chapter 1, verses 13 to 22, and then on to chapter 2, 
verses 1 to 3. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, <coughs> hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Amen. Thanks be to God. This morning, <coughs> we're going to cover just one more of these four principles for action, principles for action that we find in this section of 1 Peter. This second principle for action that Peter gives his friends includes, those friends include us, is found in verses 15 and 16. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, at the outset, I need to set my limitations. There is so much that we could say about this topic of holiness. In order to fully grasp the, the full picture that uh, the Bible is giving us in this theme, you've got to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible and trace this theme through the story of God and his world. Now, we don't have time to do that this morning. But please, if you have the time, check out two of the Bible Project videos, one of them on the theme of holiness and the other on the book of Leviticus, from which Peter is quoting here in our passage this morning. The links to these videos will be in the description of this, the, this service on YouTube, but I'll also link them on Facebook for you too. I wonder how you react to that command to 
be holy. What do you imagine that means? Some of you may have seen the American comedy show called, oops, can we go on to the next slide, please? Called Saturday Night Live. Have you seen that? If you have, then you know of this regular feature on that show with the actor Dana Carvey. And he plays a character called the church lady. Here's her photo. This is how a lot of folks in American culture and in the UK culture see the church and see what it means to be holy. The church lady is the epitome of holy in most people's minds. She is judgmental. And she is derisive of everyone and everything that she disagrees with. For a lot of people, holy means standing aloof from the rest of the world and often looking down on it. That, however, is not the Bible's understanding and it's not what Peter is calling his friends in Asia Minor and you and me, sorry, you and me, to use as a principle for our action and our behavior. Now you thought that girding up your minds was a hard principle to live by. But this, being holy, I think, is a far more difficult principle. Be holy, God says, in an unholy world. Be different. Be like me, God says. Am I compassionate? God says, be that way. Am I long-suffering? Am I patient? You be long-suffering too. Do I love the last and the least and the lost and the outcast? You love them too. Later we will see that Peter is asking a lot from his friends there in Asia Minor. When they are beaten by unjust masters, he tells them to love and obey in return. When they are maligned and ill-treated by society in general, They are asked to be respectful and give a gentle answer. It's a lot to ask. It's a lot to ask when all you want to do in such circumstances is to stand up for your rights and to give as good as you get. What Peter is asking of his friends is so, so hard. It is so hard that I think, I think it is impossible. Maybe we should just stop there. It's impossible. It would be impossible if it weren't for Jesus. Over and over again throughout Peter's letter, he cites the example of Jesus as the epitome of what it means for us to live in a world that tempts us to throw in the towel and to walk away from holiness 
and just go with the flow and just go with the crowd. Jesus' life shows us that holiness, that purposeful reflection of the character of God in our lives is possible. It's possible in this world. But in Jesus, we're not just given an example of how to live as holy people in an unholy world. We are also given the ability to live as holy people. Remember from verse 3 that we studied a few weeks ago, our inclusion in God's family begins with us being born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. It begins with Jesus. It is possible because of Jesus, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We who trust in him are now part of a new thing that God is doing. And because of this new thing, because it is new life, we can be holy. We can start again, no matter our past. We can be holy as God's Spirit works within us. Look at what Peter writes in verses 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed, but by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Jesus is the beginning and the end of our redemption and the possibility of our holiness. Our holiness is both a gift and something we should strive for. But again, in the proper order of the tower, without the gift, the striving, the actions there at the top of the tower, the gift there on the foundation, without that, strivings would be useless. The gift from a gracious God always, always comes first. But with the gift, the striving, according to Peter, is a delight and a joy, he tells his friends back there in verse 8. I like the idea of CBT. I don't know if you've come across that. It stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And as far as I understand it, and I don't pretend to understand it very deeply, CBT is based on the fact that your behavior follows what you believe about yourself and about the world around you. If you believe something negative about yourself, like you will never amount to anything or you can't change your circumstances, then you are going to behave accordingly. And your behavior will just reinforce your negative belief. It's a vicious circle. Now, I think the writers of the Bible knew a lot about CBT before it was ever invented. 
For this is exactly what Peter is telling his friends and us here. If we trust in Jesus, and if we trust in what he did for us by dying and rising, then we will believe that we have been made new. We will believe that we are that valuable, that God has come to earth, died for us, and made us new. We will believe in the possibility of holiness, that we have been made holy through the gift of God. And if we believe this, then we will therefore be holy, and we will begin to live up to what we know is true. We also believe that when we trusted in Christ, we were given the gift of his spirit. And so we live up to our status as holy, not in our own strength, but by power of the spirit who lives within us. Can we go on to the picture of the Bronx again? We're back at the tower Imagine ourselves standing here in the tower, ready to build. We are part of God's building team. God has chosen us in his son for this job that he has given us. God knows that we can do it. And on that basis, together with all the other saints, all these other folk who have that same understanding, we go forward to build. And God will bless our efforts. And he will keep us safe as we do this most important work. Amen. And may God bless to us this reflection on his holy word.
Good morning, and welcome to worship with the Bigger Kirk and Black Mountain Church family. If you're here in the building, <clears throat> it's our hope that you feel comfortable. It's nice and warm this morning, and that you feel safe, and that you feel welcome amongst us. And if you're watching at home, I'm sure you are even more comfortable. You're probably in your slippers, and I imagine you in your pajamas with all the bits of the Sunday paper around you, having eaten a, a nice slap-up breakfast, settling down with your Bible open to First Peter. You are welcome to. This week we continue our study of First Peter. It's a fascinating book that was written to Christians in a very different place and a very different time to our own. But what Peter has to say to his suffering friends there in Asia Minor in the first century, I believe couldn't be more relevant to us here in the 21st century in this time of coronavirus. We approach God and we begin with worship. Our first song is one that we recorded this last week. We've got a new app that we're using. It's called Band Lab. And the guys in different places have recorded this song. It's a, a, a men singing, uh, something that we don't usually have. But to myself, Dave Campbell, and, and Cameron Sutherland singing this song. So let's worship God as we approach him. You can stay. With a shout you rose 